Hello, faithful listener. Welcome back to the Haunted Picture Palace. Uh, <laughs> I am, but we are both very well today. Um, coming at you live from from the <laughs> self isolation purgatory that we're both stuck in, courtesy of coronavirus. <laughs> I think I might have got it from my colleague actually, but you know we thought we'd take the opportunity to record another episode. So here we are. Back in the Haunted Picture Palace, in which we record all of our episodes. And today we're talking about Daughters of Darkness, the Harry Kumail film from 1971. Yes. Uh, My name is Ben. I am one of the hosts of the Haunted Picture Palace. And this is Amelia. Hello. (laughs) She's been um, taken over by the spirit of David Niven, but she'll be alright in a moment. Oh, that's right. Get him. Get him out. Get him out. <laughs> out, demon. Yep. <laughs> Hiya, we're back, back, back again. Oh, With God, the ill behaviour, and we are doing. It's another vampire film. I thought we'd do a little run of vampire films, mm. a following interview with the vampire. It's another one, Daughters of Darkness. As I say, the um, only Belgian horror film I can think of. <laughs> it might not be the only one. Oh, interesting. But it's certainly not a country that's known for a big horror film industry. Or cinema. Is that a bold thing to say? It's not really one where I feel like... I, could, I couldn't name you five famous Belgian films. No, no, me neither. But then, you know, famous Belgian people, for me, it's... Um, Poirot, and he ain't real. Poirot, Tintin, Audrey Hepburn. And two of them ain't real, and one of them is Audrey Hepburn, who was technically Debatably Belgian, not but, like, real. exactly. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Debatably not real. Yeah. She had a pet deer. Yeah. It's not real. Not real. No. <laughs> but it was an international uh, co-production with money coming from all over the place. This is something I'll come back to later on mm-hmm. as we go through. And... It's a film that I first heard about in the excellent Mark Gatiss series on the history of Ooh, horror. Oh, yes. He sort of... Watch it. ...introduced it, if you'd like. Oh, I mean, he covers it in there and talks about it in glowing terms, which, mm. which caused me to seek it out, and I, I don't regret it. Uh, it is currently on YouTube, I believe, although, you know, it probably shouldn't be there, given how much nudity is in it. And we watched the, the Blu-ray from... Blue Underground, I believe, is the company that put that one out. Um, uh, although, when you start, you will be worrying that it's a terrible print because everything for the first few minutes is extremely poorly lit. Yes. I did have a moment where I thought Ben had made me watch another one, like the one about the pier, <laughs> uh, where I was going to start with an apology. I will say, just a tiny, teeny, tiny little content warning. Oh, of course, yes. Yes, it's, we should. It's a lot of blood. It's an 18, it remains an 18 Yeah, it's a lot of blood, a lot of boob. I'm assuming not many of you are allergic to that, but, like, it's quite... For something that's definitely set in the fantasy realm, the violence in it is quite real. It's quite realistic. It's not really, like, horror violence with red blood and all the rest of it all the time. Some no, of it is just enough. genuinely gruesome. Uh, like, uh, yeah, realistically and gruesome, I would say. So, yeah, bear that in I'd mind. Yeah, go along with that. Yeah. Yes. But we open on... 
A train, it must be sex. Biting the neck, it must be vampire sex. Sexy seventies bed play. It always looks like I it smells. I think that's what's happening. I mean, I can it hardly see like anything. It <laughs> Doesn't it? It always looks like it smells of pub carpet. Yeah, all and, of those um, shots. And they filmed it on a real train. I imagine they had. Um, permission to do so but i'm not entirely I sure i doubt they did who could afford that at this time <laughs> absolutely not they just had a bash but they're on a train oh there you go i've even written this had better not be another round of that one about an old pig <laughs> uh, interesting decision to shoot the introduction of our main characters in the f***ing dark is what i've written down i'll bleep for myself <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, lolly doesn't love her awkward what a pointless chat. Oh, okay. I was even about to say that was a pointless note word. <laughs> but it's because it's such a pointless chat. I suppose it, it, if anything, you know, if, if this opening scene does anything, because it certainly doesn't titillate because you can't see a bloody thing. It, it, if it does anything, it establishes that our characters are not virgins, I suppose. Just wow. one for the, for the vampire lore. I suppose, um, yeah. Y- yeah. 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 Um... There's a lamp that swings outside of the place that made me think of the signalman, which to which I've put like hashtag trauma. Oh yes. Um, <laughs> interesting, just to be like, oh, it's creepy. Look, is it day for night or shot in a cupboard? I think it's real. I think it's night for night. Right. I okay. think they shot a lot of it at night time or in the, you know, yeah, or in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> Do we have <laughs> laughing at my own notes? Uh, I was clearly sick while watching it as well. It was no. Well, I mean, we're all sick here. Yeah, exactly. So I was just going to say to you, I'm looking for my cast. There we go. And Stefan is like so. It's Dan. It's um, Valerie and Stefan are our leading two. Yep. Valerie played by Danielle Uime, and Stefan played by John Carlin. And I've put. She, as in Valerie, is easily a 10 and he's sitting cocky at a 6. <laughs> and then I put bloody 70s films. Why do they do that? She's like full-on Swiss totty. She's, uh, she's French, French-Canadian. French Oh, okay, fair enough. But, but yeah, but I can absolutely I've made see an that. Assumption. Yes. Yeah. That explains the name Wimei and Danielle. Yeah. Danielle, yeah, yeah. yes. But yeah, the, the, the beauty and the attraction standard for men has changed so much in the last 50 years that it makes... That look ridiculous. <laughs> it, it makes it look ridiculous. ridiculous that so, and it's not ridiculous that like an average-looking person can be in a film. Yeah. It's ridiculous by the standards of now, because now that average-looking person is average-looking because they're a character actor. Sure. Or because they're about to suffer some horrible disfigurement and the makeup looks better on a plain face. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like I there's yes. there's there's rules now, and this guy he's not ugly. That's why he's a six. I actually graded him up after I'd seen him topless. Fair enough. But there's something really average, distinctly average about the men and the way they take care of themselves in these films that makes me despair (laughs) for... And then it's still a trope, you know, so the people that grew up with that in their cinema Mm -hmm. made cartoons like Family Guy and The Simpsons and (laughs) uh, shows like King of Queens and... Wow. Um, just shoot me where it's all these average fucking men am I wrong? no I just I, King of Queens and just shoot me were not references I expected today but I'm I'm pleased <laughs> I'm here for you but yeah and then these outrageously beautiful women that happen to choose them I'm like mm, are you just writing a fantasy maybe? well it's very interesting that you should say that okay. because I have a couple of things I've got a note here which says he's far too old for this role that he's playing 
Oh, that's uh, interesting. Tom I thought so. And it, interestingly, I found out afterwards there is a book about this, which is in the Devil's Advocate series from Liverpool University Press. It's by Kat Ellinger. It's called Daughters of Darkness. Okay. And unfortunately, she spends a lot of time talking about like other films <laughs> that I haven't seen in yeah. relation to this, which is a shame. But there was a little bit about the production of it, which was interesting, and which I'll bring in here. Yeah. Because in order to get funding to make it, uh, Kumail got in international funding from various sources, and they came with preconditions in the form of actors. So she's French-Canadian, yeah, and she was cast to get Canadian money for the uh, for the production. Yeah, um, and he is American, John Carlin, oh. and again came was was cast with um, as part of the deal to get some more money to make it. He was known for Dark Shadows that we had just finished yeah. making that, uh, and apparently. According to the director interviewed in this book, the headshot that he got given of this actor was significantly was a significantly younger man. He'd obviously been using this headshot for some time, ah. um, and so he was um, cat. Yeah, he was. He, he was. Uh, Kumail was a little bit annoyed when he met Carlin because uh, I think Carlin is in his late thirties here. Got you. And uh, and he'd envisaged a younger man. It makes um, sense, for, yeah. Yeah, and potentially a more handsome man. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, but she's still recognisably stunning. Yeah, that's what else got me. Is she still stunning by today's standards? Yeah, yeah. So fair it's not enough. like everything's changed. It's no, like, yeah. <laughs> have we become? Have beauty tastes in men changed? But there's still a classic beauty for women in inverted commas, or. And why would it only change for men? Yeah. Now, I don't think it has only changed for men, specifically, if I'm honest. But I also feel like there's people that were beautiful then that would be beautiful now. Mm -hmm. But I don't think it goes the other way. I think there's people that are beautiful now and seen as beautiful now that in 70s, 60s, 50s, people would have been like, oh, no. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Yeah. Can you give any examples of that? Lily Cole springs to mind. Grimes springs to mind. Right. You know, these yeah. kind of alien-esque, yeah, androgyny sort of characters yeah. where I think they're incredible. Like, they're really beautiful and they're used as models and they're all this. Mm-hmm. But in the 50s, that would have just been, like, an absolute no. Yeah, yeah In the 70s, enough. you could have got away with it because it's a bit of a twiggy thing. Sure. And yeah, we would have, have already had that. Had that. The androgyny the and the very tiny neck, very big head. Yeah sort of you know yeah i'm not being horrible no I, absolutely yeah no. um bit very very like oversized eyes came into play then but sure. certainly in the 50s you wouldn't have looked at a, a, a lily cole and been like hot damn yeah you would have been let's like, put what her is on she? stage yeah no. no no you would have been like let's put her in a show that you pay a dime yeah to see the mermaid yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know? ouch but yes i take your point all i was going to say about the sort of changing beauty standards for men is that Famously, you know, like a well-cut 50s suit you could wear to, like, any awards ceremony between about 1950 and now. Yeah. And, you know, it wouldn't even look retro cool. It would just no, be like, yeah, that's, that's a well-cut, suit. good suit. Yeah, nice. Yeah. <laughs> Although, oh, 
I will say though, um, buttons really age a suit. The placement of uh. buttons really age a suit, and to the point of where you can look unfashionable. If people and they've only just started because nineties fashion's back, right? Um, in a very big way, so they've only just started wearing the boxy sort of um, late eight, sort of mid eighties to early nineties suits that look like they belong in American Psycho. I'm starting to make it back out, but like for comedy value, so they'll be like over not comedy but novelty, right? So yeah. they'll be oversized, and they'll be deliberately. Car- caricature sure um but the trad sort of 90s suit that you see in all the rom-coms worn by businessmen are grossly outdated now <laughs> like they will look wrong yeah on a red carpet but you're right like the 50s tailored number yeah. is probably going to look fine whatever the weather <laughs> isn't it anyway yeah i think it's partly because yeah beauty standards for men have changed so little in that time yes especially compared to women but they haven't in the face that's what i'm saying mm. is that Fair enough, there are still people that will be like, oh, Sean Connery, across generations, yeah, yeah. right? But not across, like, but no, that's real rare. Sure. <laughs> that's real, real rare. And you look at this guy, and I imagine he would have been perceived as being quite handsome for the time. But then again, you've mm-hmm. told me about the casting issues, so that makes a difference. Yeah. But we watched that, we've watched loads of 70s stuff. Where I'm like, what? Why? And how? And there's no way on God's earth that he could have just kind of crept into bed with a person. Unless it's indicative of that sexual revolution stuff that was happening at that time. Where it was a case of like, everybody can get some because everybody's up for it. And it's that silly, because the films are made by men. Mm-hmm. It's that silly, um, almost like entourage. You know, like that kind of... That's just the way it is. I was thinking about like maybe the Woody Allen thing where he um, casts him, always cast himself as the, like the romantic lead in all of his movies, yeah. even like well into his sixties. <laughs> yeah, things like that, and things like um, Ken Branner, perfect example. Oh, Ken Branner, yeah. <laughs> Ken Branner going. I just think this kiss needs to be a bit more um, me. I think it should be more on me. Yeah. I think people need to see the muscles in my jaw really working. Uh, I've worked hard to get this shape. I'm going to make it happen. And I'm the director, so... <laughs> there we <laughs> we'll go. We'll do what I want. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> one day, Ken, Ken and I are just going to bang it out. You know that? Like, oh, the, the rage is so real. He'll meet me and be like, God, you're awful. And then it will just... It will be a heavily directed by him, incredibly boring number as well, I imagine. Right. But we'll 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 stick a pin in uh, Stefan's character. I think we'll come back to that later. Of like, yeah. what did it? Why there are like, why are these two together? Why are yeah. they a couple? What what? I literally can't together? see a reason. But yes. <laughs> Spoilers. Um, it would have been Malcolm McDowell. Oh yes. Interesting. They wanted Malcolm McDowell. I'd forgotten that. Huh. Yes, which would be very different. <laughs> yeah, I'm go- Yeah. Uh, because this is what seventy one. So, it's it's same year as Clockwork Orange. Wow, and that would be why he turned true? it down. Yeah. Right, yeah. Oh, he would have been so good. I can totally see. Can't you see? Too good for this, I would have said. No, but, but can't you see how he very nearly is him? I can see it. The how hair, if you couldn't the get, styling. If you couldn't get him, I can see how. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. He's basically tried to make a little one of him and then been like, oh, you're not as good. <laughs> wow. Anyway. Uh-huh. 
bear in mind that is just um, ten lines into my notes. I know, and sorry, I have yes. four pages. Let's, let's crack on. Um, we're in a gorgeous out-of-season seaside hotel um, yes. when we get there. And, and I hope you enjoy it because we're not really going anywhere <laughs> once we're there. Yeah. I wanted to like the 70s white sheepskin uh, full-length coat that she wears that Valerie wears here, but something's off about it. I think it might be a cheap replica rather than the real thing, or it's that I'm used to seeing them beautifully worn in, and uh-huh. when they're new, they're stiff and weird like sheepskin. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> like, either of those could be yeah. true. I suspect it was easier to get a real one in, like, 1971, you know? <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, but yes, it could be new. I think we've been spoilt by the likes of Interview with the Vampire, to be honest. Because yeah. costumes. <laughs> Although there's some I think there's some good costume work coming up in this. There's a couple of bits, but it's not my... Yeah, go on. I don't want to... I know that's your forte, and I don't want to tread on your toes there. Yeah, a little bit of plot um, is that Valerie is anxious to contact Stefan's mother, but he's equally anxious not to, for some reason. Uh, They've just got married, and they're on their way back to England Mm -hmm. uh, to introduce her to the family. Um, But it's a bit bit of mystery. We get a big old boat. Yeah. Uh, Dracula style. There's lots of hints of Dracula in this. Lots of notes to him. Oh, again, I've got another sensory memory, apparently. I can smell him eating that fish. Uh, (laughs) And he gives strong, calls women that don't reply on Tinder a bitch vibes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I can see that. Yeah, we're in a... Oh, sorry. It's all right. Swearing all the time. (laughs) Yes, we're in an out-of-season hotel, so they're the only people there. This big, gorgeous Art Deco pile... Um, and we get a lot of sh- sort of fairly desolate, windswept coastal shots. And they say big boats out out at sea. Yeah. And again, it all seems to be filmed like in the very early morning, or sort of late at night, just before it gets dark. Which I suspect it was. Yeah. Will <laughs> um, be when the hotel's closed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when the bars shut. Absolutely. But also when a vampire can be out and about, I suppose. Well, yes. Yeah. It's sort of commercial reality and fil- artifice of film coming together quite nicely. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. This is where I started not minding the film. So it took me until here <laughs> to be like, I actually don't mind the sparse harpsichord um, score in this. It's quite interesting. It sounds like someone in the crew is leaning on the end of it sometimes. <laughs> yeah, that. And it, yeah. it really works. It's quite discordant and unsettling. Great. And then I put, ooh, great aesthetic. Okay, sure. So I'm looking at. Then we meet. So our other guests arrive. Is yes. that where we are? Yes, I'm at the same point in my notes. And they turn up in a Bristol 403, I'm pretty sure. You're dead right, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was going to ask you, but I knew you'd know. <laughs> uh, which is lovely. And, you know, is one of those sort of hand-built British luxury cars that is perfect for her character. The character of the Countess, who's about to step out of it. Delphine Sehig, French acting royalty. Right, um, who, that makes sense. Um, who was was thinking about saying no to this, but her boyfriend at the time was Alan René, the uh, French film director who uh, made uh, Hiroshima Mon Amour and um, uh, Lani, Dun- Lani Dunya Marienbad, which she was in. He looked at it and said, oh, this looks good fun, you should do it. Um, so, there you go. So it is. It we have him to thank, in a way, and apparently the role was written for her and... Uh, Kimmel had said, had said that if he didn't get her, he wasn't going to make the film. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, I said she was giving Trapped from CBBC vibes. 
A bit more glamorous than that, surely. Yeah, I don't know. Not in the beginning. The eyebrows are different. Tilda Swinton vibes. Mm. I then put Elizabeth Bathory lulls. Because <laughs> uh, it is hilarious. Sensually eats a dinner roll. <laughs> right? She turn, You know, and she turns up and, and the colour red is making its yes. appearance here. So yes. uh, she's with her companion. Hot we lesbian say? lover. Um, a hot lesbian child lover. Uh, Ilona, who has got this red scarf around yes. her neck, which is suggestive of a leash and also blood. Yeah. Um, and um, I think around about here, instead of a fade to black, we get a fade to red as oh, well clever, in, a, yeah. in a scene change. Yeah. Um, yes, lovely. Um, and she turns up and the concierge remembers her from 40 years ago. Yeah. And she makes no attempt to hide it. <laughs> No, poor Pierre, he's freaking out. Perhaps my mother. No, it's probably yeah. not your mother, though, is it, you big crazy? Um, Ilona seems jealous. Ilona is the sort of very youthful, very, very beautiful French girl that's rocked up. Super attractive and has a phallic window lever by her mouth for most of the film. A phallic window lever? Yeah, like the the lever on the window. Oh, right. Every time they do a shot, there's something phallic near her mouth, and I don't know if that's... Deliberate. Who can I say? actually don't know if that's deliberate in some of them. Some yeah. of them I just think it's got into their brains. Yeah. <laughs> um, because given how definitely queer coded it is with Madame Bathory, and I mean, fair enough, yes, she's definitely bisexual and that's that's fine. Like, we, we see it illustrated, it's, it makes sense. <clears throat> or at least we're, we, we assume later, spoilers. But I don't know. I. I I couldn't understand why they made her so sexual. Do you know what I mean? I do know what you mean. And I wondered if it was about the brides, Dracula's brides, who were like DTF and eating babies. Mm -hmm. But then she's also kind of regretting that spaghetti. So I can't... How do you mean regretting that spaghetti? She regretted the spaghetti. In what way? She's like, oh, I don't know about it. Oh, I think I'd like to leave. Oh, I see. Right, yes. Fair enough. You know. Yeah. 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 We don't get much backstory of Ilona. Yeah. Love the red around the neck. She looks like a goth doll. Yes. I also really like... Yeah, I said goth dreams. I wish I could die. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's what she gets to say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Shaving cut there as well. Yes, in a red robe as well. So we've got the the colour red is... I mean, this, this is... I know it's Vampire Symbolism 101, but yeah. it's nicely done. Cut yourself shaving. Um, I've said here, it's what, 1971, and Stefan here reminds me of the husband in Rosemary's Baby from a couple of years uh, prior. Definitely, yes. And he's unsympathetic and doomed. Yeah. <laughs> At least here. Yes. And bland. Yeah. Deeply bland. So, As in, it has the look of the, the girl where it's like, oh, you're such a fascinating, wonderful creature, when she looks at him. Uh-huh. But then you look at him and you're like, "Where is she seeing an invisible force field? Yeah, he's also punching above his weight with with uh, Mia Farrow there. <laughs> yeah, the... totally. It's got real trippy music as well when he's shaving. Yeah, I love the music in this, actually. Yeah, same. Um, I wondered yeah. if the um, wound was on the other side of his neck when he did it, though. When he comes through. Oh, it might be. I didn't notice Because I saw him do it in the mirror and I was trying to work it out, but actually, I don't know. Because, yeah, it would be... Yeah. It would be... On the other side, yeah. <laughs> Her glasses are on trend. Um, Valerie's glasses are very on trend at the moment. So, <laughs> yes. 
they're, she's trying to um, pick apart the Flemish paper, the Flemish newspaper. Oh, bed. yes. Nothing I like more than a little uh, passive-aggressive Flemish lesson from an absolute stain. <laughs> um, that you've just got married to. That you've just got married to, yeah. And, of course, the easiest word we all know in Flemish is atrocious, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's yeah. tracing her finger and she's like, atro- atro- <laughs> atrocious murder as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a waste of crockery. You're not impressed by his wild man act. Go on. Well, no, just the way he's like, you know, smashing, smashing the crockery of convention. Uh, throwing aside the breakfast service of normality. Yeah, why does he do it? Wants more attention, I don't know. For just like a perfunctory sort of two minute go. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) For a little two minute go and you broke all that crockery. Yeah, I suppose. Um, But it turns out, I mean, he was sufficiently interested in the... um, in in the grisly brutal murder. Yeah, I mean, her boob nearly a... fell out of her top in that moment as well. I said, "Costume's not doing it for me yet at all." <laughs> Even the fur coat. <sighs> Hopefully, mm-hmm. we've got some English-speaking tourists. Oh yes, absolutely not suspicious. We've rocked up to. Is it Bruges? We are in Bruges. We go to Bruges. You seen in Bruges? I haven't seen in Bruges. Worth no. a watch. You'd really like it. Genuine, genuinely, <laughs> and I. I only know that from because of things we've talked about recently. Right. Yes. My note in on this is. Um, oh, you're a tourist. Let me tell you in graphic detail about a grisly murder. <laughs> <laughs> the shot from. On the ground and on the stretcher is so distressing. Oh yeah, we go all handheld here. We go all handheld, and it brought up my carousel memory that I've told you about before. I don't think I've told the podcast. Tell the podcast. Oh, where I thought I died. Oh yes, you have told me about that. Yeah, I was at the. I believe it was the Dickens Festival. It may have been the Sweeps Festival in Rochester, mm-hmm. uh, or the Dickens Festival in Chatham, possibly. But they had. Every year they have, the Sweeps Festival is where all the sort of chimney sweeps come out um, and there's a big parade through the town and there's usually a few bits and pieces that go along with that. I think it was the Dickens Festival that's a bit later in the year. Everybody dresses as a Victorian and everyone lives a Victorian life in Chatham for a day. It's quite incredible how organised it seems. Like how, at the time in Mm -hmm. 1996, whenever I was there, how beautifully done it is. Anyway, um, they have like fate things that go on into the night you know festival bits and a bonfire usually and other bits and pieces and my mum had made me a full bonnet and all the gear and I had a muff that I kept for years Beautiful. and everybody around was dressed up so I went on an old uh, an old style Victorian carousel it was probably from like the 1910s it was a very beautiful old creaky Lovely. thing and my dad helped me up onto it. And when they stopped the ride, um, they didn't stop it where they'd started it. So all the kids were on the wrong side and all the parents were on the wrong side. Mm-hmm. And I, because I'd been helped up, I just completely thought I could get down. As in, like, I hadn't gauged the distance. Sure. So when I went to get down, my foot just gave way from under me. And I ended up flat on my back and winded. Uh and everybody around me screamed when they saw me go because there were these massive spikes 
coming out of the centre of the carousel designed to keep things like there were things that were meant to go on them that weren't on them okay um and they were they had really big spikes that were probably kind of half my height as a child and then another row of smaller spikes and i just missed them but because i was wearing a bonnet people thought i'd landed squarely on it and then when i was on the floor looking up i was like oh this is death. I was really calm, really peaceful because all these people, all these ghosts were around me in full Victorian costume. Of course. Looking worried about oh, me. Oh, Lord. And it was yes. a really surreal memory I still have. <laughs> and then my dad coming up and absolutely just enraged. Enraged and worried. Yes, I can understand. <laughs> I, I think... Not at take, me. He wasn't angry no, at me. I, no, I, I, but I understand it's, it's easy to put oneself in, in that yeah. position when you think about it. Yeah. But yeah, very weird. Definitely could have died. Definitely didn't. I'm well, glad you didn't. I say definitely. Well. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, but yes, that's what it reminded me of. That's I think why I found it so disturbing to see it from that perspective, from from the ground looking up at a scene of onlookers like of that course. is really horrible. Uh, where are we? Here? Well, yes, as it happens, um, Stefan has some feelings about this murder business. Some sexy, sexy feelings. Yeah. Yeah. He gets very excited about it. Which is a, a character point for him, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I said, uh, cheeky bus handjob, we've all been there, no? <laughs> no? No, I mean, I had to stop after, um, you know, several warnings. I guess. <laughs> but yeah, we, we find out that Valerie doesn't know terribly much about her new husband. And his proclivities. No, and she gets... Um, I'm not going to lie. A silly Billy level of distressed about it. <laughs> without any conversation having happened. Do you know what I mean? I think she's, so. She's seen the look in his eye. Uh-huh. She's had some ideas. She hasn't confirmed it with him. He literally could have been feeling sick. Because he's not a very good actor. He could have been feeling <laughs> quite unwell. Yeah. And she's gone, no, he's definitely got the horn for the dead girl. Yeah. He really wanted to, like, touch her or something, you know. Yeah, she seems to have taken it very far in her brain. Yeah. Um, it might have been pieced together from sex they'd had, actually. That is hinted at. Mm-hmm. But not really. Anyway. Mm. Mm. So we're back in the... Uh... He obviously, sorry, just to mm. carry that on. He Please. obviously responds appallingly because he's a terrible person. Yeah, yeah, he's not. He's not a good guy. No. There is also um, a Poirot type lurking. Oh yes, yes. Oh, he's the fellow who says, "Oh, you're tourists. Ah, I'll tell you all about this horrible grizzly yeah, murder." Yeah, here you go. And a retired copper who uh, who we'll be seeing again. Yes, in fact, we see him again very soon, don't we? Because we're back at the hotel, and our our four main characters are now in situ and having drinks of. Delicious shampoo together. Well, what did you say you looked into this? What were they called? What was it? Cannot remember. You you look, Did you write no, it down? No, no, I didn't. It's creme de month, but it's in a thing. Uh, so... <laughs> Soap green, creamy seventies cocktail. It <laughs> is. Hey. Grasshopper. Ah, yes. It's a grasshopper. Let's tell you what's in a grasshopper so we can all balk together. <laughs> so, so you can, when you're watching the film, you can watch a lot, you can drink along yes. with the characters. That should be a thing. I would have a night like that. Maybe I'll organise one. 
It is three quarters of a fluid ounce of creme de menthe. Three quarters of a fluid ounce of white creme de cacao. A quarter of a fluid ounce of heavy cream. (laughs) And a cup of ice. It's just cream, isn't it? It's cream on your cream with the colour green. Mm. And if you're lucky, you might get a sugar high out of it. (laughs) Uh, Let's have a look. Frenchie's like, I'm leaving you, Alona. And... Lady Bathory's response is, not again, don't be ridiculous, which I'm down with. Yep. Uh, the Countess, rather. The Countess just continually tells them to run. <laughs> yeah, we, and we don't really... They don't, like, this film doesn't really hide in any way no. that she's, she's a vampire. Yeah. Like, there, there, are, there is mystery, but the mystery is about, like, why Stefan hasn't gone to see his mother, and why yes. he's desperate to keep them in this out-of-season hotel in Ostend. Yeah, it's true. But they don't bother with... Any mystery about the Countess no. or her origins, or really what she wants. Or like, well, I mean, that's kind of opaque, but it's nothing good, right? It's nothing yeah. good. And then I said, is this a cautionary tale about threesomes? <laughs> Perhaps. Do you want to elaborate on that no. at all? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, because it could be. It's, it's, it's informed consent and stuff involved in it, and the girl being very uncertain, very unsure, very uncomfortable throughout Valerie. Yeah. And then this kind of older, very clearly very interested, very... The thing is, as with a lot of vampire stuff, it could also be sex stuff. You could put all of it into sex, Mm -hmm. and it would make sense. Sure. In the same vein, this incredibly interested and fascinated Countess, who is interested and fascinated in the blandest man they could find, (laughs) with no personality and a little bit of a death kink... Yeah, but... Depends what she's interested in him for, right? Yes, exactly. Like when 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 they when they first come into the hotel, the Countess and Ilona, they see these two yeah. dining in the other end of the dining room. And they go, oh, aren't they perfect? Yeah. And you go, well, perfect for what? Yeah. Yeah, they already hate each other. They just got married. Just perfect. Got married. <laughs> one won't mind if the other one dies horribly. <laughs> but yeah, the it's and similarly to the vampirism thing. It could just all be read as someone um, prepping you that is a swinger. Sure. Someone that's like building up to the question, you know? Yeah. Getting closer to you. We're all having drinks together. It's just us yeah, here. Yeah, we, we saw you having dinner in the dining room and we really dig your vibe. <laughs> yeah. I, I especially love, there is a meme going around at the moment of, we saw you across the bar, we just had to tell you that we think your vibe is awful. We hope you leave. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Um... I love um, when they're talking about how old the Countess is. Yes. Where she's all coy about her age, but she's much, much older than she looks, you know. And and what's the secret? And the the line is a very strict diet and lots of sleep. And it is. It's just, it's very much winking to the audience of like, I'm I'm a vampire. Like, I. I (laughs) Because we don't see a lot of vampirism in here. No, I did I didn't get as much of a vampire film as I got the film Get Out. Ooh. And I feel like what's the director's name of Get Jordan Out? Jordan Peele. Jordan Peele. I think you might have seen this. Wow. That would be It's an odd Yeah, I mean thought, it, he but it's doable because yeah, he's a I mean, fan of horror or yeah, he couldn't absolutely. make a horror like that. Yeah. And even though I hadn't I think I'd only seen it once before and that was with you. It didn't come into my field, but mm-hmm. it it also has enough tropes in it that it is obviously a classic 
it even is, a cult classic. Yes, cult classic is, is um, fair. But the vibes of Get Out I was getting are things like the the dialogue, the exchanges, and the way that Lady Bathory is sometimes quite similar to the the, the hypnotist right. in Get Out. She is doing the sort of snake, you know? Yeah, I do. Yes. And yeah. training, clearly training yeah. him. Yeah. To respond and, and her as well. Yeah, uh, we I see suppose. more of that later, of course, yes, in exactly. their scenes together. But um... she's also in all of Bram Stoker's Dracula colours. Um, <laughs> Elizabeth is Lovely. like she's yes. she's dressed as Gary Oldman. Yeah, yeah. You know, blood. <laughs> <laughs> and and we have the we have this wonderful scene where we find out that Stefan has read about Countess Bathory. Oh, yes. That you know. Uh, the Countess's quote unquote ancestor in some very specialist magazines, it seems. Yes. And this is a, a, a thing with, uh, this is a budgetary thing where you couldn't, like, they didn't have the they didn't have the money to put on a scene like that. Right. So, but, but, but what you can do is you can have two actors reciting it very clearly excited by it. Yes. Which is, it's quite disturbing. Like, it, it's an effective little thing, even though Valerie oversells like her disgust at it. I think I just would not stop laughing. If that happened, and it wouldn't necessarily even be a nervous laugh, it would be like, what have I got myself <laughs> into? This is ludicrous. <laughs> I just can't imagine. And I've met people like this, where they would be completely revolted and stand up and walk off. or, or mm-hmm. Just not know. impressed by it. Yeah, but I, I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm a little goth kid. I just I just would have laughed <laughs> and been like, yeah, right on, you flipping crazy cats. Do you yeah, want to get a room? They get quite into it, don't they? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. There's a lot. There's a bit more chest touching than I'd be comfortable with from someone that was like my mother's age on my partner. But your, your, your new husband, yeah. 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 But yeah, she gets... Oh, um, also, Elona, hmm. looking like a little um, definitely legal Catholic schoolgirl. Um... <laughs> In all the goth gear, I would wear that. Shut up! I would wear that in a heartbeat. Then I put Mister Van Helsing because the detective guy's back. Well, yes, because Valerie, of course, is disgusted with this, so goes off and then is unable to identify the only other occupant of the hotel through a window. Uh, oh yes! Because she goes upstairs and uh, Elona is on the terrace. I don't know, peeking at her, getting undressed. Yeah, but, I think so. But potentially with some other end in view. Yes. Oh, that wasn't meant to be a pun. I liked it. Countess Batori doesn't have a reflection in her face, but she does in her hands. Ah, which is quite an odd yes. one. I don't know if that's a mistake. <laughs> or if that's a deliberate moment. I don't mm. know why your hand would reflect. But your face but wouldn't. But your face wouldn't. Mm. Yeah, it's a very quick mirror shot, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Yes, because the of course the the retired policeman has turned up and is talking about ghosts chased away by garlic. Yes. I'm like, no, no, it's not. That's it's not ghosts, is it, pal? <laughs> I must have a bash on that green drink I've put. What <laughs> is that? Creme de menthe. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, right. Well, yeah. yeah. I've just married that tall blonde. I think it's time to hit on that short-haired brunette immediately. <laughs> 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 My notes. <laughs> she bled 300 virgins to death, didn't she? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he knew about it because it was in the wank bank for years. They well, yes. were having the ham, the hammiest fun ever. 
Valerie has a tearly only look about her actually. Which is true. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Best go to bed while they stay and chat sexy blood yes. downstairs. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna leave you two to it. It's disgusting. I'm gonna leave you two touching Don't each other. Don't touch each other though. Yeah. To some low budget Jefferson airplane. <laughs> I would have been riddled in the 70s. I've written in big <laughs> Nice shot of him in all white from above. Ah. Yes. Is it round about here that we meet Stefan's mother? We don't meet her, do we? Well, we, we speak to her on the telephone. No, we speak to the dad. That's And he says, it's mother. Does he? Yes. Oh, that's hot. Oh, I missed that totally. He introduces himself as mother. And, um... <gasps> That's real. Okay, so I totally yeah, you missed see, that. You've, you, and also, you've, it's interesting that you've assumed that that's his dad. Well, dad. dad. Like, I, I assume they were part of a cult. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Because we only get the one scene with, um, with Mother. But we're not there yet, because the, I haven't mentioned the green. Fair enough. I apologise. Yeah. We're not there yet. Because I, I, I remember... Yes. No. Because we're very close. What have I put? God, I hope Alona's legal here. She is stunning. <laughs> Battery has... Okay. Countess Battery... Battori. 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 Dracula. <laughs> has the best smile I've ever seen on a human. Ever. It's ridiculous how her face lights up. She's like, great. it's not real. I guess... And then I put, hmm, I guess now's the time for weird sad sex. Weird wait what? Ugh, I'd carry on just fine with them watching. <laughs> What's this in reference <laughs> Not to? Not sure. I think, uh, well, I imagine he goes up to take his frustrations out on... Oh, yes, because there's a bit where he sort of covers up... Because Valerie is frightened by the sight of somebody at the window. Yes. Who could it be? Could it be the only other character in the film? Yes, Maybe. it would. And... and the, the countess just comes in and just stands and chats <laughs> while she's uh, yeah. sort of in the all together. Yeah. And, oh, um, that's a horrible phrase. He, that makes me um, feel sick. And, um, yes, and Stefan sort of covers up the work of the Divine Potter and was clearly... Oh, Jesus, Ben, just say nudity. Like, you are really <laughs> making me uncomfortable. I thought if you didn't like the all together... No, I hate all like... of it. Yeah. I hate all of it. Uh, just call it something normal. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, yes, um, yes, but but the countess just sort of waltzes in and is chatting. Yeah. Oh, you weren't um, up to anything. Well, you know, because you weren't having sex with me. I'm the only good one at sex. Exactly. Yes. Because uh, yeah, because she goes, you know, she says, "Oh, I'll go and see if maybe Elona saw anything," and she goes into Elona and was like, "You couldn't wait, could you?" Yeah. Which is great. It's a fantastic line. Yes. Yeah. Like, because whatever it was. Whatever she was planning, yeah, be it carnal or vernal, yes, no, well, whether she was gonna renal, whether she was <laughs> intravenous, exactly, whether she was gonna <laughs> suck her blood or, or suck, her suck something else, exactly, it's not really clear. But the countess knew, the countess knows exactly what she was doing. There we go. So where exactly is my Victorian greenhouse hammock? So this is where we finally get through to Mother on the telephone. Why is your dad basically Dracula slash vampire Julian Clary? <laughs> it's my birthday in six months. I could really do with a floral smoking jacket, please. All right. Noted. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, this is Mother. Introduced as such in dialogue. Yes. Um, then I put everyone's a vampire? Question mark. 
who knows what's going on here? I love, I love that. That's that we never go back to the. We know this is a plot thread that's never resolved. It's very strange. This is isn't his it? mother. Yeah, campus Christmas, as you say. Entirely different accent to his son. Yeah. Son. But again, I mean, you know, son is doing some heavy lifting. Big gay dad then. So not actually dad, very clearly not actually dad. He's nearly the same age as him, and even if the casting <laughs> was an issue. Yeah. But no, I mean, it's, it's an older an older man as mm. mother there. Yeah. I uh, do. I think that actually Stefan is in an earlier stage of whatever's happened to Alona, mm-hmm. of the bitings or mm. of all the rest of it. You never see them in the daytime. You said it yourself. Not really. Not really. I mean, they do go out and about in Bruges. You do see Alona in the in daylight. That's true. Yes, the, um, the vampire rules are slightly. They're skewed. Yeah. Yes. Um, if you can have a hand reflected, but not a face, I think we can do <laughs> what we want. But I do think that that's why. I think that's that's why he's craving blood and stuff, and that she's kind of feeling it. Oh, that's nice. Off him. Nice idea. Um. And when Ilona's like, I'll just run away, mm-hmm. that's kind of what he's done. Sure, he ran away and got married. <laughs> Which is why Mother is doing that half smile the entire time, looking like... Um, oh, you've been foolish, Stefan. Yes, <laughs> yes. exactly. <laughs> you have been foolish. Effin, what's his name? Effin Suave from uh, Blue Velvet. You know, oh. He's so suave. Yeah, I said I love how we pick Stefan's backstory. Is all we know is that it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that's a lovely interpretation. I really like that. That's very nice. And am I going to get a smoking jacket for my birthday? Yeah, of course. Sweet, Danny. thanks. <laughs> Stormy shot of the house was an absolute delight. Coming out of that. Oh yeah, there's some lovely, like landscape shots for one of a better word, yeah. right? And then um, I put yeah. what? Vicious beating with a belt now. Yeah, and... Ah, it's his comfort belt. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, we've had more than a few hints about Stefan's tastes, bedroom tastes, shall we say. I don't know, because what I've written is, this feels like a lot like something the director just wanted to see because they were into. <laughs> Partially, but then also I've said here, we view it through the curtains as a voyeur. Yes, yeah, and, and we, a, we could be alone or watching. In fairness, there's a fair amount of of tension because of between with the erotic elements of this, because again, part of the prerequisite for for getting the funding to get this made yeah. was some TNA, right? Was some some sexy sex scenes. But I feel like Kimmel is continually sort of working slightly against the grain of that. Fair enough. To produce something that is not just a sort of sexy romp, if that makes sense. Yeah. So that most of the sex scenes are in some way disturbing as well. (laughs) Or obscured in some way. So that, you know, as I say, the beating is is shot through the window, through the curtain. Yeah. Rather than being... And she's really unhappy about it. It's not very pleasant. No, exactly. Rather than being a sort of bit of... Slap and tickle, if you'd yeah. like, you know. Disgusting. Ben, how does anyone... How have you got this far in life? <laughs> I'm doing it on purpose now. I apologise. I don't think you are. I think you've just noticed. <laughs> nice fencing-style jumper. I love the whole outfit that mm. she comes out in in that white. It's lovely. That cream, rather. Um, this is uh, Countess Bertori. Uh, sweeping camera around her head when Ilona touches him. 
when Alona touches <laughs> Stefan, yes. the, the camera sweeps entirely, almost 360 around oh, Bathory's nice. head. It's really gorgeous. I won't let you leave until you explain. Ooh. Countess and Stefan both say that. I won't let you leave until you explain. Mm. Mm. <laughs> they both say it to um, Blondie. Right. Yes. Yes. I'd forgotten. Yeah, in that but exact yes. way. Yes, yeah. of course. Yeah. My note here... Unhealthy kink culture. Says, my well, my, my note is vampirism as emancipatory, queer, predatory BDSM polyamory. Yeah, <laughs> my uh, autobiography. Yeah. And the vibes are malevolent and exquisite. I've written. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair enough. That's my album. Because <laughs> Bathory has a... Yes, when Valerie runs away, Bathory puts a, pl- a plan in motion, but we're not really privy to it. She's clearly working to yeah. a plan. She's got an idea. So when she goes, she goes off to the train station to persuade Valerie not to run away, and she sends Ilona in to seduce uh, Stefan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wonderful. Hall lighting, knowing look from a mural. That's a thing. Yeah. I love a bit of that. Lovely. Uh, it's a thing I'd have in my film, apparently. Uh, <laughs> is he afraid or overwhelmed here? Everything is so, 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 so queer. Hand stroking and a palm kiss. Where's, when, where, who? <laughs> I think this is just where you are as well. Right, yeah. When you talk about all your kink and all your bits and all your this, that and the other. Um, the palm kiss is interesting because... That's the girl equivalent of putting the whole of a man's finger in your mouth. Yep. Um, <laughs> the palm kiss is kind of a direct line to the other bit. Right. So that's a risky move in a film, to be honest. It's a, certainly a risky move when that's not your partner. Yes. <laughs> Don't know where it's been. <laughs> Lol at Elizabeth. Oh, yeah, because she's just messing with it. She's basically, it's, it's Bathory messing with... Valerie. Valerie, yes. Leading around in circles, being like, oh, I can't believe you're not into it. Oh, you're rubbish. And <laughs> you, then, oh, but I'm you, into you. You will be, yes. Well, you yeah, will come exactly. to love me as, as in the way that I love you or something. Which, something like that, yeah. which is just kind of, I don't know, that would make me run for the hills. Um, she wants to bite that neck. I've written vampire, vampire water, no running water. That's not what I meant, but... Um, oh, can't be under running but water. But yes, I wondered if that was a, you know... Yeah, I think um, it is a thing. It, I mean, it is a thing, but I wonder if that's a thing here, if that's why I assume Ilona so, yeah. is so freaking out. But again, it's not made explicit. It's not made explicit. She really freaks out. It's a very strange sex scene with a lot of screaming that is nothing to do with the good kind of screaming. Yeah. It's just because some water went on her. And then a horrible razor clutch and an accidental murder. Yes, yes. And this is what I mean again about like the all the sex scenes having the, like, the requisite amount of nudity to please the backers, yeah. but also being weird and... Wrong. Wrong and artistic is, you know, this fusion of high and low art, I guess, yeah. is the thing. Mm. Um, she's on the floor, face down. It is just kind of a bit brutal. Like, it yeah. feels too realistic. There's too much sliding. There's a lot of... I really yeah. despise... And, it, and again, it's handheld and quite close up. The yeah. camera work is quite invasive. And and you can see him being too excited, even though he knows what's... He actually knows what's going on there. Yeah. He can see she's afraid. Mm-hmm. Or something's going on and just continues to keep her under. Yeah, he, he enjoys it. And is really enjoying the fear factor. Yeah, he, I mean, we, but we know that yeah, no, I sex know. and violence go together for him. Yeah, but there's too much wet skin on wet skin contact mm. for me. It puts my teeth on edge. So watching it is quite like, uh, uh, and then wet feet on a tile floor freaks me out. Like all of it. Like, 
And then tan lines, which is not something you often see on a vampire. No, I know. But uh, <laughs> good for her. And she dead. Which is a, not a good time for his new wife to walk in. No, who is not very good at anything, let alone dealing with this. <laughs> and here I've written vampirism as emancipation from violent masculinity. Say again? Va- vampirism as emancipation from violent masculinity. Okay. Because I really feel like the Countess's campaign, if you'd like, for possession of Valerie mm. uh, steps up here. Yes, for sure. Trailing the dressing gown in the blood is incredible. Yeah. It's a really good moment. Full on dumb gone wrong as well. Like, the, where's the aftercare, people? Like, it really is. <laughs> well, yeah, the Stefan changes here. Like, this is the... This is a, a turning point in his arc, I think. Because he, like yeah. said, he said his first taste, maybe, of, like, real horror. And looks yeah. sickened by it. Well, probably because he was into it. Yeah. Yeah. This has the feel... This whole section, from here on has the feel of when everyone's been up too long at a house party and things have gotten really weird. Yes, yeah, that's great. Um, Elizabeth, super androgynous in the dark, in her fencing gear, Mm. kicks Ilona herself down the hill when they're trying to bury the body. Yeah. She knows exactly what to do. She's got a place in mind. Uh, And I said in places, I'm surprised this doesn't have a cult following this film, like a big one. The cape being swooped around Valerie in the sunrise. I love that scene on the so sort pretty. of clifftop bit. Yeah. The, is it crane shot? Or, yeah, beautiful. Yeah, clifftop cape scene, beautiful, underlined. <laughs> <laughs> Stefan is a broken man, Elizabeth Triumphant. All of what we usually associate with vampirism is off screen and alluded to rather than shown. Yes. Uh, which I know I've mentioned before, but is. Yeah, no, it's worth it. Yeah. Lol, beautiful, 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 beautiful. Bloody hell, burying himself alive there. How did he manage that? <laughs> um, did they really bury that actress? I was con- I was wondering. She, it really looks like they did. Yeah, we never saw her again. <laughs> and there was some amazing stunt bike work. Oh, yes. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the detective is lurking for no reason, because we never really see him again. No, well, I mean, he, he pops, up, pops up a couple of times yeah. and sort of engages Moreau's looks with the concierge. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's not a plot thread that really goes anywhere. No. Um, such um. flagrant sapphic behaviour. Eat <laughs> him. They should eat Stefan. <laughs> Beat him with a belt. <laughs> <laughs> this is where I've written, I really feel like this film has a weird hypnotic power, like a bad trip or a nightmare. Yeah. And I think that really ties into the sort of too late at a house party vibe yeah definitely yeah definitely that sequin dress oh my gods right so she comes out in the last scene i really i actually really like her talking to the concierge when she gets back to the house with the other two where she's like basically let me do all the talking and she Uh schmoozes him yeah but she's clearly in last night's clothes and it's all a bit (laughs) awkward i'm not sure what's happened you know um but then when she does come out and emerges she's this twinkling Give Twilight a run for their money, vampiric, vampiric queen. Yeah, um, so sparkly as well. It's so That's sparkly. The, the way they've lit it and yeah, but everything is a sequin. That is a hand beaded, hand sequin dress. Like it's it's extremely expensive. It'll be very heavy actually, and if mm-hmm. there's there, you know. But I think it's sequins and beads to get it that twinkly. Um, I want to be loved. I want everybody to love me. Relatable content. Right? <laughs> um. But that's interesting that that's her motivation or that's what she's pretending it is. Mm -hmm. But I want you to love me the way I love you when she says it Mm -hmm. to Valerie implies that the way I love you is by devouring you. Sure. 
you know? Yes, yeah. Yeah, but there's a wholeness to that. There's a sort of all con- yeah, all consuming, I guess, is the phrase yeah. I'm thinking of, right? And in, in consuming in, in all senses. Yeah. Yeah, which is, as I say, where I, I get this idea of it, of vampirism as a as this, yeah, emancipation from violent masculinity. Yes. Right? Especially when, I, I mean, I say they're battling for um, Valerie, but, but Stefan has clearly lost, like, yeah. very early on. You yeah, know, yeah. Much of a fight. But, he, but, but the way he, rep- the things he represents are very, very male, right? Very, very masculine energy, however you want to put it. Very, yeah. Um, toxic masculinity exactly yes and Christ the Countess is hard edged but there is a there's a softness and a femininity about her especially here when she's contrasting with I'm just an outmoded character with Stefan yes exactly uh, yeah, and she's very old Hollywood glamour. Yes. Well, I mean, her and Elona both are, right? It's yeah, Marlena definitely. Dietrich and Louise Brooks. Yeah, creepy uh, organ as well coming in. Mm-hmm. That sounds really good. The dress is stealing the heck out of this scene. <laughs> what an odd choice of weapon. Eat it up, ladies. Oh, yes. What does he choose? Well, they get... He, it's that crystal bowl that... That's that, the one, that, yes. ...that kills him. Um, yes, odd choice of weapon. A crystal bowl. Why does she pick that? I mean, I, I've said maybe it symbolises the domestic servitude he had in mind for his wife. I don't know. There's something. Mm. There's something domestic about it. Yeah, but he, the director's not been that clever at any point in the film. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And he's certainly not interested in drawing that comparison. I don't think. Not given how he treats women. Now we know. Oh, I didn't tell the podcast this, but he had he hit the leading actress. He hit the woman playing Valerie while they were shooting a scene and her counterpart Stefan got so annoyed he punched the director (laughs) for hitting her so there was the whole thing was filmed with this horrible tension uh which makes me think he wouldn't then have the foresight to be like well women often clean ashtrays when they're a (laughs) wife you know it's (laughs) I don't know there is a there is like a weird feminist reading of this there no there's not a weird feminist one there's a really sort of there's a blatant feminist one but I don't think that's what's happening with the ashtray fair enough I partially had it as a pun of smoking will kill you right because <laughs> that's the level i think we're dealing Fair with enough, yeah. or that it was transparent the entire time like you could see through it the entire time it yeah. was always going to be everything was literally crystal clear yeah and you're being hit on the head with it but to be honest like i i don't know it could just be a heavy thing that is sparkly and sure. worked but there is something very much about a woman hitting a man in the head with an ashtray that is beyond my pop culture reference of it being an EastEnders plotline right. for many years. Uh, Seems an unlikely... Yeah, uh, I don't know if that's going to be a, a, an influence in the future. <laughs> <laughs> and I do like, you know, eat him, up, eat him up, ladies. It's Stefan as Christ on the cross with a vamp on each arm. The way teen me would have wanted to go. And in sexy latex, leather, latex body bag as well. Yeah. Right? But... <sighs> I don't know. There is definitely a feminist reading of it. I just think that it's overshadowed by the queerness being painted so male gazy. Fair enough. Yeah. That makes sense. It does make sense. It does, as I've said before about like the 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 contrasts and the things that drive this film. Yeah. As I say, like being a pre- being a precondition of the funding that needed to be some sexy sexy scenes in it. Yeah. For definitely for the male gaze here, right? You know, yeah. this is the um, 
This is the the thing that drives it. This is what how he was able to get it made. Yeah. Um, and and I think I think the achievement of the film. Yeah, I think the great achievement of the film is what else is in here, right? Yeah. Aside from the male gaze. How can I put it? Titillation, right? The erotic. Well, I was going to say the four. Yes, exactly. Yes, yeah, because there's a ten a penny, right? From from like seventies European cinema. If you want, if you want that, goodness me, fill your boots, you know. Yeah. And that you know, and that is what it is, and that's fine. But there's 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 more going on here, as well as that. Sure. And sure, you have to dig around for it a little bit. You have to look for it. But there's something about the atmosphere of this the the vibe of this film is is off is off center is peculiar mm. which i you know which is why uh we're talking about it right it's why it's worth it's why it's worth talking about it now i think yeah and and the blood of course as you say they they go for his blood which is our only sort of blood drinking yeah, it's our only actual confirmation. Yeah. And then I put, oops, don't blink and drive. <laughs> it's so goth, it's so cute. Them together, her being like, don't let me die. Don't let the light touch me yes. in the back of the car. So like much, an she's idiot. got so much more to do, right? Yeah. She's, um, she's hungry. And I put, oops, times two, it's the morning and you're dead. And and this this crash scene really stayed Incredible. with me. Incredible. Um, because it's beautiful. It's really... Yeah, it is beautiful. Do you think it's just because the director fetishizes the dead, like fetishizes death himself? I I I don't want to read too much into that because I don't know anything about the rest of his work. No, but all the deaths are very like beautiful. I suppose that is a gothic trope, isn't it? Yeah, I Uh, guess. I mean, I've said the things that made me think of a ballad and Cron like um, JG Ballard. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's why I asked. But of course, has Crash been written yet? Crash. Yeah. No, the, not the yet. Novel. I think it's a bit later. It is. It is, a bit later. It is early 70s, but I don't. I think the chances of like yeah. a, a Belgian man reading it in 1970 are slim. Yeah. Countess yeah. Bathory sort of is extra dead with a beautiful silhouetted spearing, uh, yeah. Vlad the Impaler style. Of course. And then a few months later, you know, <laughs> we watch this burn, this beautiful thing, this black figure mm-hmm. impaled and burning. In the car, and then Valerie's like, "Bye." <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we, we could have ended it there. We could have ended it on the. I hoped we would. Sadly. Well, I think that my note here says, and take of, take you know, take from this what you will. Yeah. The final scene of Valerie alone now and in Elizabeth's cloak prefigures "I spit on your grave" and other such exploitative films of feminist redemption, because she's free from the tyranny of men. Mm. And not the timid innocent that she was. You know, if if we look at it f- from from Valerie's perspective, she's done a lot of sort of growth and yeah. uh, um, and she's become the sort of Im- queer immortal woman of the night that she always could have been. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the reason I've linked it to things like I spit on your grave is because yes, that's a femi- feminist re- revenge narrative, but it's also dressed up very much in with a lot of male gaze eroticism. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and then I said, that's an unidentifiable Halloween costume moment in the making if ever I saw one. Her outfit at Her the outfit end. Her outfit at the end, yeah. which is dressed in the... Yeah, in, in the, the what? In the, in, well, in the, in 
Countess Elizabeth Baturi drag. Yeah, exactly. Um, yes, and starting starting the film again. I guess. Yeah, starting yeah, the, totally. Look the at them; they're perfect. Again. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, and that's it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, well, I. You, you, you mentioned, you said at the, at the beginning that there was a point at which you started to not mind the film. That was the score that did that, yeah. Um, but what, when you got to the end of it, did, would you say that you enjoyed it? I wanted them to end it when they were eating him. Right. Oh. That would have been my cut-off point. I would have been like, there, a sacrifice, goodbye. <laughs> son of God, off you pop, Father, Son and Holy Spirit in one. You know, like, we could have gone anywhere with that. We could have gone to the satanic panic stuff that was just emerging at that time. Yeah, because it's early for this sort of thing. It is. It is. And that's why it feels more like a sexual fantasy than, like, a film that's a comment about feminism or society at large. Right. Because it feels like someone who has grown up reading about women like Vittori like like these <laughs> like Stefan has right yeah exactly well yeah because yeah, he's just written himself into the film <laughs> and that's how he wants to go and I said myself a teenage me would have loved to go that way <laughs> you know a man on each wrist and just having my life essence gone yeah boom done I wouldn't have minded and I think yeah I, I it reads like a wank mag an expensive one you can totally read it the other way, and I don't see anything wrong with that. I think you're right, and mm-hmm. I can see all the angles of it. Uh, I also see it as a really good allegory for the kink scene that was emerging at this time, right. or certainly coming into the public awareness a lot more around mm-hmm. now, because it was heavily repressed in the 50s, and then sure. 60s were like, oh, and then 70s <laughs> you're like, hey, we can do this stuff outside. It's starting to happen in, in cinema as well, in that like, yes. it was made in the early 70s, and a few years earlier it just wouldn't have been no way. made. No, and there's um, hints of people being gay in it, and it wasn't long yeah. illegal. <laughs> yeah, you know, yes, like, exactly. Yeah. No, but I also think she's a fun caricature of the the evil, the evil lady done in a really interesting way, where she's clearly not evil. Yeah, it's a but great she's very from her. I mean, without filthy and saving in here, this is not going to work. No, know? but I would like. I'd be interested to see who they got to do it. I would have maybe cast even younger looking, even though I think she's perfect, just to be unsettling, just to have something even more unsettling about it, uh, like almost like the the purity of this angelic creature. She's not. She's clearly. Sure. <laughs> she's clearly not angelic. We'll put no. it that way. Um, but I don't mind it. Yeah, I don't mind it, and I, I like the film. It's got cult classic vibes to it. I love, sure. even though, I would have cut it at the bleeding mm-hmm. i appreciate the the her death it's nice it's it's tragic you yeah. know for her good point actually in that there is a there is a tragic element to the death of the countess even yeah. though you know on paper she's very baddie. much a baddie right yeah. <laughs> you know she's also the hero of this film in yeah. in in a lot of ways, and you know. But then I actually, I mean, I say I think I think the the final ending, if you'd like, makes it Valerie's story and brings it round. And I I think that's why they've done it that way, is because that makes her the through line of the yes. of the thing, from from inexperienced newlywed to predatory vampire. Yeah, <laughs> and I think the film presents this as a a positive. It's a happy ending for her in a way. 
you know, she's out of a horrible situation with an abusive husband. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, if you have got this far and haven't seen it, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I certainly, you know, you may not have... Well, yeah, you may not have such a... Well, what am I talking about? I'm not going to say that. And it, People might not like films. It's certainly it's certainly worth you, your time. I'll put it this way. No, no. I'll put it this way. I highly doubt you would have come across it in your... as something that looked appealing in your list of vampire films to work through. Uh-huh. Right? And certainly as a horror film, it's not up there with John Carpenter and Sam Raimi, etc. Sure. But... It is a fun one. It kind of feels like the horror equivalent of a sort of spotted dick on a Sunday with custard, right? Where it's like, (laughs) this is sort of wholesome. I could be doing my homework at the same time viewing in the horror world. Okay, yeah, fair enough. (laughs) It's the the cozy cottage core of... (laughs) Yeah, but it's... But it's a little bit weird. It's a little yeah, bit odd. Yeah, perfect. That's it's, why it's off. It's off kilter. That's it's why slightly, it's it's very it's queer and slightly skewed. Your um, gay sticky toffee pudding. And um, yes, and I commend it to you. As I say, it's on YouTube. Uh, Lord knows for how long, um, and you'll not find much else like it. Cool. <laughs> did you have any thoughts about what was next? Yeah, I did. What's next? So I haven't seen this since I was. There's a chance I've never seen this film all the way through, which could have my vampire film status revoked, right? (laughs) But I think this is the the way to do it. I feel like this is the way I want to watch it. All right. It is uh, Lost Boys. Oh, I've never seen that. And I I will caveat this with my first choice was uh, Vampire in Brooklyn. Uh-huh. It's from 1995. Oh. <laughs> we've already we've peaked too soon with our 90s ones. Do you think we picked the right vampire film yes. from the 90s? <laughs> yes, because it, it, I use Interview with a Vampire as a, as a reference point for a lot of things. Sure. For obvious reasons, so it's good to have got that one in there. But let's get some 80s biker, good hair, bad makeup energy on the go. All right. It's one of those ones that has a like a fairly big reputation and has been influential and I've never seen so exactly. I'm looking forward to it yeah alright see uh, you next time join gang. us then if you if you have any thoughts about that or what we've just watched or anything else you want to share with us you can do that by a few different ways you can email us hauntedpicturepalace at gmail.com you can get us on the Instagram which is at haunted underscore picture underscore palace or you can get us on the Twitter which is hpppod that's right isn't it yeah, it's important not to have any brand consistency. That's right. Bah, it's if for you learn nothing from this podcast, <laughs> nothing else, take that one away with you. Good luck, kids. We'll see you soon. Don't have nightmares. Oh, bye. <laughs>mother get up come on get down with the sickness what's my mother got to do with this everything have you heard that song no no mummy don't do it again i'll be a good boy i'll be a good boy i promise oh. carries on oh, no mummy don't hit me uh well never put your hand in my face again bitch wow mm. <laughs> you stupid sadistic abusive i'm fine i'm having a lot of <laughs> I haven't spoken to anyone other than you for a while and it's made me yeah. f***ed <laughs> Hey, don't blame me for this Blame it on the weatherman blame it on Get the away Good times <laughs>
sunshine, <laughs> moonlight. And ow. Yep. That's <laughs> <sighs> what, you know, it's what, um, like Bevan said, with the, the sort of the, the horsemen, st- you know, st- stalking the land, um, the great, the great terrible things of sunshine, moonlight, good times and boogie. Hmm. <laughs> I sent <laughs> I sent a message to Will today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's not nothing unusual. But I sent a message to Will, saying, uh, in the words of Scooter, "Good morning," um, <laughs> but with a <laughs> with a video of someone like wearing an actual deer's head and playing a partiana. Um, playing a what? Partiana, an accordion. Okay. Yeah. Uh. And he got it, I think. I think, I think they were in it. Because you can't read that and scooter in the same sentence and not go, Good, Good morning! morning! <laughs> yeah. Ah, uh, Scooter. I haven't... Oh, dear. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't thought about Scooter for some time. Keep all that, then. Oh, yeah. You're going to have to edit that out I or you're, they're going to come for you. <laughs>